The nail in the coffin! It is episode number 78 of the Nail in the Coffin. Tom and Travis are joining you on Monday night, an emergency podcast. And Trev, we uh, we spent most of the day uh, thinking about potential trades involving uh, the names of Paul George. Jimmy Butler's name got thrown into the fray. And yet, uh, as of about 90 minutes ago, uh, we found out that uh, all hell's breaking loose behind the scenes. Uh, David Griffin and uh, his uh, top assistant in the Cavs front office, Trent Redden, are gone. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if that's the most disappointing thing. We're also hearing that, um, and this is far from official, the David Griffin thing is obviously very official and announced and all that from the team, but we're also hearing Chauncey Billups is in the running for uh, one of these upper-level positions. Who knows which one exactly? I think I saw president of... President of basketball operations. Right, so a pretty lofty title with... Um, z- zero front office experience. Zero front office experience. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, I, I, I don't know where to start. I got a feeling you could probably get us rolling better than I could right now. What do you got? I will say this just to get started. Two things. Number one, I've never met David Griffin personally, but I've talked to several people who have, and every single person who has ever dealt with him that I've talked to has had nothing but great things to say about him. Uh, By all accounts, he's a stand-up individual. Uh, His resume and what he has been able to accomplish since he took over the Cavs speaks for itself. And, you know, we're not ever probably going to know the full story of what happened behind closed doors, but I'm sorry, there's no other way to say it. From the outside looking in, this is an absolutely atrocious look. And if you're somebody listening to this who has always believed, well, nothing else matters as long as we have LeBron and LeBron's the real GM of this team, you're going to get a real real large dose of cold water poured over your head here really quickly. Yeah. And we saw, I mean, obviously over the last three years, we've seen LeBron may get input. I don't know. We'll go back and forth on that. And who really gives a shit how much input he actually has? Um, Because I don't, I think at most it's, it's, well, what do you think of this guy? Do you like him? Yeah, do you think fine. he'd work here? Yeah, exactly. But if you go ask LeBron, hey, can you figure out a way for us to turn um, Deion Waiters into Jarrah Smith, Shumpert, and Mozgov? Guess what? He couldn't. Um, the movie pulled this year to get Corver. LeBron can't figure that stuff out. You need a guy that knows how that shit works. No player in the NBA really knows how that stuff works that intently. Um, so to think that, oh, yeah, LeBron's calling the shots. No, you're insane. Um Second, the moves that we saw from Griff for the last three years were pretty, honestly, I think they were kind of on another level from what anyone else in the NBA was doing. You can say, yeah, he lucked into LeBron, and sure, there's some validity to that, but everything else was him. Um, 
And the things that he was able to pull off, I think a handful of times, we can look at several different instances where we got on here and like, well, I don't know how the hell Griff did it, but I love the move. It was great, you know, and, and thinking that it's, it's going to continue the way that it went and that they're going to, you know, have no problem and just plug someone else in and things will keep going. I think, yeah, I think you're right. You're in for a, a rude awakening. And don't forget, he took over, Griff, that is, his GM in the season before LeBron came in. He got the interim title midway through the year because uh, that, that that last pre-LeBron season, the Cavs were, frankly, they were underachieving. Uh, the Bynum signing didn't work out. The Jarrett Jack signing, Earl Clark, you know, you could go down the list of uh, guys that uh, Chris Grant had brought in and... They made the move to bring in, uh, you know, to promote Griff. He was the assistant GM at that time, and they gave him the interim title, and he started running the ship pretty much right away. And he got the uh, the permanent title of GM that summer. And I think it's really important to note, he got Kyrie to sign a max extension on the very first night of free agency and the first night that he had the option of, uh, you know, opting i think he could have rejected it and played out one more year um the point is he got Kyrie locked up long term well before lebron announced he was coming back here and to be able to sell Kyrie on that kind of vision when there was a lot of frustration that point Kyrie, i think had played for three different coaches already in like his first three or four years in the league um that was a huge first step and um then you obviously get the LeBron um, return, but uh, you know, you could just run down the list of, of the other moves and, you know, negotiating the Kevin Love trade and uh, all the other moves that you had just kind of rattled off as well. Um, it's a lot. And, um, you know, I think it's really telling that, uh, you know, this has been kind of looming in the, in the background for a while and and LeBron very publicly came to Griff's defense. I think it was like uh right towards the end of the regular season. And I I can't remember him being that effusive in his praise of any uh other coach or, or front office person. Yeah, uh, anybody really. not in Cleveland. I think if a year from now um LeBron is is again taking his talent somewhere else, you'll be able to look back at this as uh Probably the first, oh shit, I gotta say it, the first nail in the coffin. Oh no, um, no! <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Um, so, because yeah, like you said, LeBron's been pretty, pretty outspoken about how much he likes Griffin. And I can tell you, he, he doesn't, he doesn't often throw that praise around towards guys. So if Griffin is, is fairly near the top of the list of the guys in that office that, LeBron likes. Um, I can tell you who is dead last on that list. Um, it's the guy signing the checks. And now that LeBron's ultimate goal, and I hate that we're already going into this, but now that his ultimate goal of bringing a championship here is, is done, he already completed that. Um, if this seems like uh, a cycle that LeBron's going to go through every time, like every time, because in the 12 years uh, Dan Gilbert's on the Cavs. He has never extended a GM, um, right. which is just stunning. I guess not really because for the first several years they weren't very good. Well, the first LeBron years, they were fine, obviously. But 
either way, if he thinks that that's what it's going to be every time there's a guy in there just because Gilbert refuses to pay guys, which it kind of sounds like that might be what it is here. Um, I, I don't know that LeBron is going to – and truthfully, could you blame him at this point? We know he doesn't like Gilbert. He 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 managed to have a, a working relationship with the other guys who were making decisions, and that worked out fine. But ultimately, I mean, what could you really blame him so if you decided, you know what, I don't want to deal with this guy anymore? The thing that's so strange about this was the, the one thing I said last week when the finals ended was, you know, Gilbert did that interview after game five and talked about how he was pleased with the direction of the franchise and he seemed like he was in a good place in terms of the front office structure. And, um, you know, what little information we've gotten that's come out so far as we're recording this now, it sounds like he was prepared to offer Griff a promotion and a, a, a raise. And they had very differing opinions on next steps for the team and what, each of those guys wanted to do, I think we're going to get a pretty clear idea of what Dan Gilbert's vision is for the future of the Cavs now, because uh, it's basically him and, and, you know, Kobe Altman, the number three man in the front office and, you know, the rest of the guys on down the line who are going to be trying to piece things together here over the next few days, which, you know, by the way, it's not like there's a draft coming up on Thursday or free agency starting and, 12 days or anything like that. Um, you know, uh, it, it just, it, I mean, and again, you could take this with a grain of salt, but I mean, like the David Aldridge report that came out said that an hour before this news broke tonight, Griff was apparently still on the phones trying to work out a trade for the Cavs. Uh, I think it was the the proposed Jimmy Butler deal with Chicago that we had heard about. So, like, what in – is that possible? I mean, could that really be true? You, you have to think. I mean, your initial instincts, of course not. You can't be, you know, one minute making incredibly important calls and incredibly important decisions to, oh, yeah, you're uh, you're done. You're not coming back here. Um, no, just, how does that it, conversation unfold? Like, Hey, what do you got on that uh, potential Jimmy Butler trade? Well, we're we're still working on it. Uh, we're looking at you know moving this guy. All right, yeah, yeah, fuck it. Uh, enough of this shit. You're done. Like, yeah, I got good news and bad news, and they're the same. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't fucking know. It's just it's a bizarre turn. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk the last couple of days with Paul on George the and Jimmy Butler of winning the goddamn title. Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm I don't mean to cut you off, but like. Really? Yeah, a year ago at this moment, we were uh, we were buckling in for the the most exciting probably two hours of our lives. Uh, right. Now we're sitting here scrapping together an emergency podcast to lament our shithead owner, uh, bringing in guys he likes from Detroit and get rid of proven you know guys that are pretty much universally loved throughout the about, league. So how about Dave McMenamin from ESPN? He covers the team for ESPN. He said he reached out to one of the players on the team for a reaction. The players didn't even know yet. Like this broke before they could even get the word out to the roster. Yeah. That, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me the way 
shit comes down anymore because you never know who it could have come from. It could have come from an agent or could have come from uh, maybe that number three guy. There could have been a few people that leaked it before they reached out to the players. So that doesn't really surprise me that much. Um, another aspect that you're kind of... And I would say I hate to pile on Dan Gilbert, but the fact is I don't like Dan Gilbert, so I love piling on him. Um, he kind of fucked over Gilbert or uh, Griffin too in this because, I mean, there was a multitude of jobs out there that he would have been, you know, prime candidate for Atlanta, Orlando. Um, I think Milwaukee, he was even mentioned with. Right. Um, those are gone. So he, you're not, you're not wrong, but at the same time, given his resume and his track record and how he, I think is viewed around the league, he's going to land on his feet and it would not entirely shock me if there is, um, there's an opening, uh, that gets created as a result of this. Like maybe there's a team right now and I don't know who that, uh, was content to roll with their front office intact. But now that they know, Griff's officially on the market. Maybe they reassess their own situation. You know, watch Golden State's going to pull a sign and trade with like Iguodala for Jimmy Butler or something. Well, oh, you know, Griffin landed on his feet just fine. Um, I mean, Jerry West just went to the Clippers, and I don't think it's entirely impossible that he would uh, bring Griffin to work at the front office in Los Angeles in some capacity. Um, he, he's going to be fine and oh, yeah, I hope and that, he does well wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, fuck man. I, I'm so sick of Dan Gilbert though. I've never really been a fan of his, and this is just another one of those things to add onto the list. Um, he spends a lot of money. That's where his virtues end in my opinion. Like I don't, I don't really agree with much else he ever does. Um, just in general. So this is just, I guess, another one on the long list of things that <laughs> leaves me scratching my head and wondering when the hell is this guy going to sell the team and go back to Detroit? Leave us alone. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not fully ready to just turn this into the, the dump on Dan hour, but um, I, I do think there is something to be said for having an owner willing to cut the checks that he has. I mean, he, from a financial standpoint, I think he's done everything you could ever hope for in an owner. Uh, he's never to, as far as I can see, cut corners on player costs. Um, you know, I know he, he kind of dra dragged things out with the coaching staff on their contracts last year. And honest to God, I really thought that was how this whole thing was going to go down. It just, I never, I never in a million years thought that he would actually be willing to let Griff walk. I, I felt like this was going to be a lot of posturing on both sides. And when it was time to get serious, he was going to come around and, and hammer something out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly telling that, uh, you know, like you had said, no GM has ever gotten an extension with him. Um, I, you know, don't forget his, uh, you know, the other two uh, guys of the ownership group um, have kind of got pushed aside. I think they still own a minority stake in the team. Um, 
But in terms of their actual influence, I think that was the story that Cleveland.com had in February. Uh, any sort of uh, influence they had in operations of the team basically got nixed during this season. Um, and, you know, you just you keep going back. Like, what's the what's the constant here? Um, I don't know. I'm a little all over the place because I'm still I'm, I'm just I'm reeling from this. This is yeah, this I, is very much a, a basically a real time reaction here. Um, it is. This is not what we normally do, but <laughs> and yeah, we, nothing else. Yeah. And if it had happened at, you know, noon today um, and we'd said, hey, we're going to hop on later tonight, that'd be one thing. But um, yeah, overall. What what do you what do you think that? This is probably way too early to even guess, but what what do you think this does for a the two trades that they've been apparently talking about, which are Paul George and Jimmy Butler? Um, and how quickly do do they have someone in there to fill that role for now? Well, I mean, as far as those trades go, I mean, you you literally, I mean, I, I, if if it could get to this point. I feel like literally anything is in play right now, especially if you get somebody else in there who wants to make a splash and put their, their thumbprint on the franchise. I mean, literally anything's in play. I, I don't know how you could be so short of like trading LeBron James. Like, I don't know how anything could surprise any, but anything that Cavs do could surprise anybody at this point. Um, so I'm guessing those talks are going to be ongoing with the with the rest of the staff that's staying on, but I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's sort of where it is, and that's that's sort of one of the caveats to having these sort of conversations. Is yeah, we can we can vent about how we feel about it, but there's really not even any like news or rumors or anything to really discuss beyond that beyond the fact that it happened, you know? Yeah. A lot more is going to come out about this. Uh, I have no doubt. Um, wow. According to, according to the Twitterverse, they did not talk to LeBron before the decision was made. Yeah, I, I did see it was apparently his camp was surprised by this. So I don't know. Um, before before all hell broke loose with this, what uh, what did you think about some of these uh, proposed deals and and what you know the potentially uh, you know catacly- cataclysmic shifts in the roster were being discussed? Um, you know whether it was a Paul George deal or the or the Jimmy Butler deal, and whether you think there's any sort of chance that those could happen or um how do you how did you feel about just you know initially when you heard both of those potential trades in the works and how comfortable are you with the thought of um making that big of a change to the roster because you would have to assume it would have to there would be significant pieces going out um it sounds like so I, i hear both i hear two different sides the first side is um, love for um, Paul George. I don't love that honestly because I th- and, and we've discussed this before. I think you, you the step back you take by losing love 
and maybe it's a slight step forward, but I don't think it closes the gap that much. And obviously everything they're doing right now is geared towards beating Golden State. Um, so I don't think it closes the gap that much. If they can manage to find a way, and this applies for Butler as well, um, if you could find a way to get one of them without giving up any of the big three, um, I'm much more uh, much more receptive to it. Um, do you? I guess, do you have a preference? Which one do you think? Which one do you like more? Personally, I think they're pretty damn even. I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably go with, um, I'd probably go with Paul George, but I don't even really know that I have a great reason for it. Um, I mean, the one thing with with Jimmy Butler, I guess, is that he has two years on his deal versus uh, yeah, Paul George for one year. Um, I don't know. I I I, I think I might have texted this to you over the weekend when the Paul George rumors started swirling. I said this. Feels like it's it's one of two things. It's either um, the Cavs feel like if they could bring in Paul George on a one year contract or one year left on his contract, that they would be confident that getting a chance to play in the finals and experience what that's like would be enough to get him on board long term. Um, and I think there's some validity to that. You know, I don't think it was a totally foregone conclusion when they traded for Kevin Love that he was sticking around past his first year. Um, Or the other scenario was that they know that, um, or they believe, or or possibly had gotten some word that uh, they were on borrowed time with LeBron. And those uh, whispers that he was looking at uh, starting a new chapter out West uh, after next season could be legit. And they were going to load up and go all out for one last shot at the title this year. Um, future be damned. And if Paul George would only be here for one year, that was it. And they'd be fine with it because they were going all in on this coming year. But I don't know. I mean, the whole thing, man, now, I mean, any of those sorts of thoughts that I guess we had had uh, over the weekend and even on the drive home today from work are, are kind of all out the window now, I guess. Yeah, I think basically it's just a uh, just a question mark. We didn't think we were going to have to deal with this offseason. Um, or hope we wouldn't have to, because I don't know about you. I, I I think it takes a different kind of guy to do uh, what Griffin's done so far. I don't think you can just plug a good GM into a, into a position like this with where the Cavs are, um, the way that they're set up, and sort of the unique demands and I know people think oh well you had LeBron fall in your lap and that's true but he still had to go out and make a lot of moves to make that team better um and that's not as easy as I think people think it is when you already have a tight salary cap um you're already spending a ton of money you only have so many assets and he was just able to continuously find assets where no one thought they existed um the things he was able to do were perfect for the way this organ where this organization is right now and what they're trying to do um so I think from that standpoint, having to sort of get someone in with a new, just a completely new outlook, I don't, I think Griffin was the right guy for it. Um, so, so I, and I, admittedly, I don't know a ton about other front office executives outside of names that I hear here and there occasionally when people are talking about them. But um, ultimately, it's just another obstacle you have to overcome when I think you already had some things you had to deal with. 
it's all just feels so unnecessary. Like you could literally yeah. do absolutely nothing this summer other than try to resign your own guys and just take a, another run at it with what you've got mm -hmm. and probably get to the finals, be an underdog in the finals, have a puncher's chance if you play better. Um, and it just, this, again, I mean, there's things that we don't know and we don't have the full story, but man, again, from the outside looking in, it just feels like you're hastening your own demise for no good reason at all. And that is just the one thing I like, I can't get past. I, I just, it's bewildering and it just feels so unnecessary. Yeah, I mean that that's that says it perfectly, honestly. It's 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 something that shouldn't have gotten to this point and the fact that it did and they still weren't able to get it figured out just frustrating beyond belief. Um and who knows? I mean, we're both kind of annoyed I think by it and and sort of need It's one of those I'm things that we'll we'll be able to say. speak a little more intelligently towards it. Um Yeah. After a I'm couple just... days, when we sort of see how it all falls out, so this is very much just immediate reaction, but still sort of a deflating feeling when we're already kind of deflated after last week. Yeah, it, it in in for different reasons. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it just it's it's sad because it just it again it's just it's it feels so unnecessary and you know I mean you grow attached to a team like this and I I guess. You know, maybe this is a good reminder that you shouldn't grow too attached to a professional sports franchise. Um, ah, the hell with that. <laughs> I mean, I guess if we weren't, we we wouldn't be doing this. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see where it goes. But I I think I'm done venting for now. How about you? Yeah, it works for me. All right. Well, I'm gonna go edit this, and uh, who knows? By the time uh, we get it uploaded and people are able to listen to this on uh, iTunes or Google or wherever the hell you're picking it up, uh, maybe on the, the plus side. Eight, on the plus side, the tribe, the other team in town, clobbering the Royals or the uh, Orioles right now. So they're finally looking alive, but we're not, this was not for that. So continue. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe this is the the kickstart I need to really throw myself into baseball. There you uh, go. I keep thinking more about the Cavs right now. I'm I'm just going to get very sad, and, and I don't go. need that right now. I had a great Father's Day yesterday. Uh, had a lot of fun uh, uh, with the family and spent a lot of today, uh, you know, thinking back on the one-year anniversary of the title. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to go stick with that because uh, if I turn back to, to this anymore, um, it's going to take me to a dark place, and I don't need that. There you go. That's the attitude. All right. Well, uh, I don't know when we'll be back on, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be uh, plenty more fireworks uh, coming from the Cavs. And uh, hopefully uh, the next time we join you, we got some uh, some fun stuff to talk about, some good things uh, going on uh, elsewhere. So uh, for Travis, it's Tom. It's been the nail in the coffin. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, 
Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.